Today's podcast is brought to you by CrossNet, the world's first four-way volleyball net. Set up easily in sand, grass, indoors, or on the blacktop. The perfect game for outdoor enthusiasts as it is combined with volleyball and four-score rules and a game to 11 and win by two. All right, on today's episode, I have a very special guest, Ryan Millar. He is an NCAA champion, three-time Olympian, and gold medalist volleyball player for the men's national team, and he is a podcast host of Unlocking Excellence. Ryan, how are you today? Doing really good. Yeah, excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. This is uh, awesome. It's always great. You know, you're my first uh, Olympic gold medalist I've ever had on the show, and this is really cool to be talking to someone that's had that experience and been a part and represent our country, and this is going to be a sure it's going to be a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it as well. Thanks. I'm, I'm grateful for Chris uh, connecting us both. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so the start, I want to know, uh, Ryan, you know, at what age did you know that volleyball was your sport? Um, you know, I first started playing when I was about 11. Uh, I grew up in Southern California and, um, it's kind of the hotbed for volleyball in the U S but, um, when I first started playing, I was much more into basketball. Basketball is more my sport. And, uh, but my, my brother, older brother, John started playing and he, uh, he needed someone to practice with. So he said, Hey, you're going to start playing volleyball. And I said, okay. And, uh, then I started playing and quickly, uh, figured out that I liked playing. And, um, I think it was probably around my sophomore year of high school when, uh, when I really figured out that, uh, that it was the sport for me. What was interesting is that uh, my freshman year of high school, I actually tried out for the basketball team and I got cut. Really? And so, um, and, I, and I made the volleyball team. And so I thought, hmm, maybe that's some writing on the wall. <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was kind of a <laughs> an experience for me and to, to get me to say, maybe I should focus my attention over here. So what was also funny was my freshman year of high school, I was only 5'10". Uh, I say only because, you know, that's not, it's not short, but it's not, it's not super tall. Um, but then my sophomore year of high school, I was six, four. Oh my so God. I, I grew six inches in that, in that one year. And I can still remember the basketball team coach coming back to me the next year saying, Hey, you're going to try out for the team again. And by that time I was, I knew volleyball was my sport. I told, turned him down. He was, he was bummed out. So <laughs> I was going to say, did he keep coming back after years after that to keep begging you to come back? Yeah. Be, yeah. It was <laughs> funny because, you know, was, I was becoming more and more athletic as I was getting older, you know, and then my, my junior year, I grew another three inches and I was six, seven. And so he's like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, like, are you going to try out again? And by that time I was already being recruited to go play in college. I was an, uh, an all American high school and so I, I had no interest anymore in basketball so wow that that's crazy yeah I don't blame you once you uh hit that hit that peak of volleyball and you're getting recruited and then you're an all-american yeah I definitely focus all my uh all my focus on volleyball and that's that and that's kind of funny that it was meant to be and it worked out that way for you yeah yeah I see it that way as well it's uh I was on a path that I didn't really know what it was going to look like at that time. I just knew that I really liked playing and um, I wasn't really interested in playing anything else. So That's cool. And then what was your brother? Did your brother play in college or did you like, was he jealous that you, <laughs> he got you into he, it? He like, actually, yeah, he actually did play for a smaller school, but um, 
was he jealous? I mean, maybe a little bit, you know, <laughs> he was the one that was kind of the star of the team before I came along. And, um, but you know, he's my brother, so he always supported me and, um, he was never going to be as good as I was. And, and so he knew that as well. And so he, you know, he chose a different path in his life than I did. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. And like, what was your recruiting process like and how did you decide on going to BYU? Um, well, for, for those of you that kind of know, so you get to take five official recruiting trips. Um, so uh, different universities get to, they, they house you and put you up for the weekend and you get to check out school and you get to talk to professors and guidance counselors and you look around the campus and you meet the players on the team and you talk with the coaches and stuff. And so, yeah, I took all five of my, my trips. I, um, Oh gosh, I got to remember back. I went to UCLA, USC, uh, UC Santa Barbara, of course, BYU, Pepperdine, pretty much all the big volleyball programs at that time I was uh, being recruited by. And um, um, yeah, you know, I, I just kind of was looking for the best fit for me and, um, and BYU ended up being that fit. Uh, we, we, I knew we were going to have a younger team, which allowed me to immediately make an impact even as a freshman. And, um, and so that, that played a factor into what I was going to um, decide on where I was going. Um, I developed a fairly significant relationship with the the coach and, and um, yeah, it ended up being really a really, really great choice um, in the end because of uh, how good our team ended up being. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, really interesting choice and like that's glad glad you made that choice because that's also another thing that was meant to be because you um ucla i think aren't they like they're pretty much like a prestige school that they're well known for like ncaa championships in volleyball is that correct yeah they have the most by by a large margin um mostly uh back in the day a little bit because it was you know i think that when i was getting ready to go to school i want to say that they had already won good heavens I don't even know it was probably like 15 or 16 national championships and so um, they were definitely on my radar it was something that I wanted to be a part of obviously I wanted to be part of a winning program and um, but I kind of sensed that the tides were turning a little bit in Mm -hmm. regards to their dominance and um, they actually haven't won a national championship in quite a long time Um, the 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 talent of volleyball has really spread throughout the country um and it's just a lot harder to win national titles nowadays because you've got the not every like if you're if you're a good recruit if you're an all-american player if you're regarded one of the best um, in the past you would just automatically go to UCLA and and now that's not the case anymore and so um, yeah things things kind of changed right along the time when I was getting ready to go to college and uh, that was a big one so that's awesome and like what was the adjustment you felt like you had to made when you were at the college level, like, was the game faster? Was the ball, like, were the guys, like, that were hitting the ball, like, spiking the ball was a lot, like, harder? Like, what would you, what'd you feel like was the adjustment that you had to make the most? Um, you know, like anything, when you go to a next, another level, um, you kind of test your skills in regards to um, how well you can adjust to that next level. And so, you know, in high school, I was, especially my senior, junior, senior year, I was kind of, killing everybody and um <laughs> it, it was it was 
fairly easy to, to, to do what I was doing. And then you go to college and, and everybody is kind of as good as you are. And so how are you going to develop yourself into a player that uh, reaches kind of the next goal? Um, and that, that's kind of what college did for me. I, I tell people often that in high school, I had a high school volleyball coach that was um, very competitive. And so what I, what I tell people is that I learned how to be competitive in high school. And when you're at a junior level age, the ability to develop your, your competitive like spirit, your grind, your grit, your hard work, I think that's a great time to do that. Even though you're not necessarily developing the technical side of how to actually play the sport, you're more along the lines of you know developing your aggression. And, um, and then you're kind of leaning on your natural ability and talent, which, which I obviously had some. But when you go to college, the game gets a lot more technical. You've got, um, you know, you've got video analysis and you've got ways to kind of develop yourself from a more technological standpoint. And, um, and so I tell people often that I kind of learned how to play the game in college um, the right way because our, our coach at the time was, um, he, was uh, he was heavily into kinesiology, study of body movement, um, things like that, physiology, and he would often um, tie some of those aspects into how to be better from a, just from a technical standpoint, how your body movements were determining how hard you could hit the ball or, um, you know, developing yourself on how to be better blockers in regards to what you're looking at and seeing and, and reading plays and, um analyzing the game in a much more deliberate way than you would in high school. And so uh, I learned a lot in regards to how to be more technically sound as a player when I got to college. Now, when you like, now when you're playing in college, like, and you just mentioned like the technically sound, like, and everything, like when you're hitting like a, a spike or, you know, you're getting set up by your setter for a spike, do you see like an opening where you want to put the ball when you're about to put the, like put that spike down and see, or do you, feel like there's a guy on the team of like, you know, you're watching film, a guy to like pick out that you're like, okay, I can like, this guy is not as good as uh, like in the back row. Like I should be able to pick on him or something. Yeah. It's more of the first part of your question. You know, you do see different things at different times that you try to exploit. Um, obviously the players that are better than others are the ones that can do that better. Yeah. And so um, you mix the ability to read the game and focus on what's available to you with your ability to generate power, generate speed, uh, generate quickness. Um, And the players that ended up being really, really good, whether at the college level or even at the Olympic level, have an ability to match their natural talent and the gifts that they have been given, whether that be strength, speed, jumping ability, whatever that ends up being. And also their ability to, to read the game. Because, you know, if you look at the sport of volleyball, there's, there's a lot of action that's happening very quickly all at once. And so, um, the ability to uh, read what's going to happen next almost and identify what is the best course of attack or, or the best course of being able to defend uh, becomes critically important. And so, 
um, you know, you don't have seconds to identify or analyze where you're going to put a ball when you're attacking. You have like a millisecond. But yeah. the, the players that are really good are the ones that use that millisecond to their advantage and identify where um, things need to be put at certain times. And so, um, you know, that, that's, that's one aspect of it. Another aspect is, is you've got to be technically sound enough to be able to have what in the volleyball world we call range, which is, can I, can I effectively hit the ball anywhere in the court? So some guys have more tendency to hit the ball to the right side of their body. Some guys have a tendency to hit the ball more towards the left side of their body. So how do you develop yourself into a player that really has skills in all avenues of where you need to be putting the ball um, and, and developing that range ends up being an important part of uh, your proficiency on the volleyball court. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I mean, I played a little bit in, in high, I played high school and a little bit in college. So it's always interesting. It's an interesting sport. It's so fast paced and I can't imagine what it's like to be on that high college level and like, what what the speed of the game is like and like being able to see that that's that's just amazing um the season of winning an ncaa tournament you were uh first in blocks and hitting it in the country and what's it like going through a season like that did you just feel like you're in another zone yeah you know that was my senior year um i felt really good around where i was in regards to my skill level and and what i was capable of doing on the volleyball court we we had an amazing team that year as well um that was our first national championship at BYU, and um just just a really good group of guys really good impactful coaching staff that kind of dialed us in at the right times and um had a fairly smooth year you know we ended up I think our total record was like 32 and one or something like that and we just we were pretty dominant in regards to our ability to work as a team have the key pieces of the team that needed to be really good and to perform at the level that they needed to at the right times which which we had um and uh yeah I I mean I was in a point myself personally where I felt like I was developing my skills to be able to then move on to the next level which is the national team Olympic level um which is another story to talk about really um because as good as you are in college as soon as you get to the next level which is the highest level really um you're on a level playing field again and then you've got to go through the whole process of figuring out what it's going to take in order to you know excel and exceed at a level where everybody's really good so yeah yeah oh yeah definitely and like I can only imagine like you know being a part of an NCAA team and winning a a championship like that and then they have to excel on that next level too when you're just like you're in another zone at the college level then now you have to go take it to another zone on the national level um you know being selected for team USA how does that process work in itself um, so we, we end up winning the national championship and almost immediately I, you get invited to come out and train with the U S national team. And at that time we were practicing and doing all of our training in Colorado Springs at the Olympic training center. Mm-hmm. And so almost immediately I got invited to go out and start training with the U S national team. And so the way it works for most guys is you get invited to come out. You're part of the training team for maybe two or three weeks. 
and you know you're trying to establish yourself and your value are you good enough to be there are you do you need a little bit more time to develop which a lot of guys end up doing i mean in my career at the at the international level which was almost 15 years um i probably saw hundreds of different guys that had good talent that were good players in college they kind of come and go um they get invited, they train for a couple of weeks, they're not the right fit or they don't have the right skill. And so, you know, the coaching staff would tell them, you know, hey, go play overseas, go play in Europe uh, somewhere and, and continue to develop and maybe grow a little bit. Then, then maybe we'll have you come back and try again next summer or, or you know, you could be a part of a lower level team where we had, you know, some other teams that would go to some of the lower level tournaments like uh, the Pan American games or some of our zone qualifiers and things like that, which were used as um, developmental areas for Mm -hmm. players that were trying to be on the team, um, but weren't quite good enough yet to actually be on the, the, the training team full time. So, um, in 99 was when we won our national championship at BYU. And as you can probably imagine, the team was in full force trying to train and prepare for the 2000 Olympics because those, the Sydney Olympic games were in 2000. And so going from being in college in 99 and having to try to make the Olympic team where you've got hundreds of guys trying to fill 12 spots was a pretty tall order at that time. But, um, Luckily, I was able to go in and make a good impact and, and show my value and worth and, and was able to make the team and, and solidify my place as a, you know, almost a permanent guy on the national team. And that's a big deal because when you're a part of a national program, you, you go to the big tournaments like the world championships, like obviously the Olympics, World Cup, World League, things like that. And um, that's where a lot of the professional teams are scouting for their players. And so when you're playing on those tournaments and in those tournaments, you're also being scouted by professional teams in Europe and Asia. And um, the more you play on the national team, the better uh, uh, contracts you end up getting overseas um, to play professionally. And so uh, I was able to quickly not only make the Olympic team for 2000 in Sydney, but also start playing in the, in at that time, the best professional league in the world, which was the Italian uh, professional volleyball league. And um, so that, that, that started off my career on a nice foot. Yeah, I would say so. That's crazy. So you're 22 at the time and you're playing on the 2000 uh, Olympic national team going to Sydney. And then you're also playing professional. Then after that, you're playing professional volleyball in Italy what's it like being a 22 year old uh and being able to see these things as you're like you know playing on a a higher level on the highest level on both on both stages in the world and on you know on the professional level yeah you know at that time I was kind (laughs) of blissfully ignorant a little bit I was just a young guy I just wanted to play volleyball that was all I wanted to do and so yeah Wherever that was, I was good, but luckily enough, I was able to uh, be on some pretty good teams and, and play against some really good players. And, you know, I think you'll hear this from all the athletes and all the sports is you always want to play against the best that you can play against because um, 
all that's going to do is just kind of elevate your game a little bit. You pick up things from certain guys that you play against. And um, so at that time I was just a young kind of young player. I, I had the, my future in front of me and I just wanted to play hard and, and um, that that's really all I was focused on, but uh, it was, it was a great experience. Um, being able to compete in the Olympics, obviously my first Olympics is pretty special, even though we didn't, we didn't play very well in the actual Olympics. It was still great to be a part of the whole, uh, the whole show, the whole experience. And then, and then be able to go overseas and, and go live in Italy. I ended up, I ended up playing and living over there for seven years. And wow. so um, in Italy and, and um, it was just, the volleyball was really good. I, I learned a lot and, uh, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I can imagine that's really cool and uh, like you must have met some like really cool people along the way and I just can't imagine that's such a cool that's like so cool to be at that age to experience that um at a young age too and being able to travel and see that how is like volleyball in Italy is it like are the crowds big like what's it like um yeah it is you know the 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 top league is is well followed and you're on TV every time your game is, is played, you're on TV locally and regionally. Um, our gym where I first started playing, uh, the gyms in general are probably about three to 5,000 people. They fit and they were pretty full most of the time uh, in Italy. It's a, it's, it's followed pretty well uh, just because the Italian national team also has some history around it. And they're, um, Italy is you know they love volleyball a lot um <clears throat> you know I played in Poland as well and volleyball actually is the number one sport in all of Poland and really? so it wasn't quite as crazy as being in Poland because that was that was really crazy but um but it was still a lot of fun great great time yeah you're right I did meet a lot of really good people um what's really fun is that you go over to Italy and not only are you playing against the Italian national team, Olympic team guys, but you're also playing against all the other foreign players that are, you know, whether they be Brazilian or Russian that are all playing in Italy as well. And so um, not only do you play these guys at the Olympic and national team level, but now you're also playing against, you know, a handful of them in these Italian pro leagues on other teams. And so you get to know guys quite, quite a bit throughout the years, uh, just, by playing against them and sometimes even playing with them on, um, on the same team. Uh, we'll, we'll get to 2008, but yeah. we played against Brazil in the Olympic finals in Beijing. And, and two of those guys I actually um, played with on the same team professionally while we were in Italy. And so I, I knew them very well and it was kind of fun. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So um, we'll jump to the 2008 Olympic team and your guys is gold medal you gold medal win what you know what was it like you know going through you know you make it through the pool the pool stages and now you're in the tournament stages like what's what's it like to go through that tournament stage and then to make the finals against the number one ranked brazilian you know the number one team in the like in the world is brazil what's that like um <laughs> it was uh, it was not easy yeah it was tough we had uh we had a tough pool that we played really well in and um, ended up being first. And the way the Olympics works is you've got two pools of six teams, 12 teams total. And um, 
you you play the pool play and then if you come out first in your pool then you play the fourth place team in the other pool and i think in beijing our pool was quite as strong as the other pool which is not a good thing because that means your crossover games are going to be really hard and so that's how it was for us we ended up um winning our pool so we played the fourth place team uh, on the other side, which ended up being Serbia. Now, Serbia is also a, a kind of an Olympic uh, national powerhouse when it comes to volleyball. They're very, they're a very good team. And actually, before Beijing, there was a tournament we played in, which is called the World League, uh, which is another big international tournament, or was back then. It's changed a little bit nowadays. But um, to give you an idea of how good Serbia was, we actually played Serbia in the finals of that tournament. Oh, wow. And so they, they were really good. And that's our first team that we have to play in the medal round, which, is, which was not, not easy by any means. In fact, we went down two games to one in that match. And we had to come back and win in the tiebreak um, against them. And so uh, that was a really, really good hard-fought volleyball match. And then so that puts you into the semifinals. And for beating Serbia, we get to end up playing against Russia. Now, Russia was ranked higher than us in the world at that time. And we hadn't actually beaten them in like something like nine or ten years. So they, they kind of had our numbers a little bit. But um, again, we, we, we play them in the semifinals. We actually go up two games to zero. We're, we're kind of on a roll feeling really good about how we're playing. And of course, there's as good as they are. They came back and tied it up to two. And so again, we go to another tie break. And, um, and luckily enough, we come out and, and, and win in the end. Uh, I often tell people, if you want to watch a really good volleyball match, go back and watch the 2008 Olympic um, US versus Russia semifinal. It's just a fantastic volleyball match. Some really good rallies and some, some hard fought plays and things like that. Um, so we win against Russia in the semifinals. And then <laughs> for that, we get to play the defending Olympic champions and the number one team in the world, who's Brazil. The, um, the interesting thing about Brazil is they, they kind of were dominant against everyone in the world for many years, except us. For some reason, they, did, they, they just didn't match up great against the way our team played. And um, uh, we, we ended up, doing kind of the same thing. I felt like we had a good game plan. Uh, what's crazy about that finals in 08 is we actually lost the first set really bad. We, we, we came out kind of tight and we didn't play very well and they came out firing away and, and we ended up losing the first set pretty, pretty bad. And then we, we came back and won the next three and ended up winning. Um, just a fantastic moment, a lot of validation, a lot of hard work. I mean, you look at, uh, we mentioned Sydney in 2000. We didn't win a single match in that yeah. whole Olympic Games. We finished in last place. And to think about what needed to change just eight years later, you know, going from those games to to Beijing, from the worst to first, um, it was a pretty incredible journey to be a part of with a lot of guys that um, uh, that were on that team from from Sydney uh, to to being on the team in Beijing. Uh, it was, it was, it was pretty fantastic as you could probably imagine. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. Like I actually, uh, and when we had booked this interview, I actually went back and I watched, watched the, the match and it was crazy to watch. Cause you guys went down, like you said, you went down in the first game 
and then you guys just started pulling away the last the last three games you won you put them away in the last three games and what you know what was it like did you guys have like a moment where you kind of knew you had them on the ropes or you could kind of see a panic in their eyes or anything like that yeah you know what was interesting was um so they win the first set then we win the next two and and they and then when we started the fourth set their coach actually um kind of flipped their whole um their starting team at that point so they had a they had a core group of guys that literally from you know winning the olympics in 2004 in athens and doing so dominantly being the number one team in the world, you know, they won world champions in the world championships in 06. They, they win the, the world cup in 07. So, I mean, everyone's like, they're just going to steamroll everyone. And they had a, they had a group of six guys that were really core on that, on that team during all of that winning. And when we start the fourth set in Beijing, um, they, their coaching staff substituted out one of their best players and put, one of their outside hitters in a different position. And they kind of like, I don't know what he was doing. He was trying to mix it up maybe to give us a different look or something. And obviously it didn't work. So, yeah. um, but, but when they, when they decided to make all those changes to their personnel at a time, like an Olympic final, I think we kind of sensed that they were panicking a little bit. Yeah. Like they, they just couldn't figure, figure us out. And, and uh, they, they were able to figure everyone else out, but for some reason they just couldn't figure us out. And so, um, but you don't know that you're really going to win until you're, you like have, you know, match point. Yeah. <laughs> that's the right. ball. That, that rally ensues. So that, at that time I like thought to my, that was the only time during the whole game when I thought to myself, like, holy cow, like we can actually win. Yeah. And, uh, and we did. So. Did you have like any butterflies when that that last serve when you guys um, were on match point, or did you feel like let's just get this out of the way? Yeah, luckily for us, that this the person that was serving wasn't really their best server, and so I, I knew that it was going to be something that we were going to be able to handle pretty easily. And all we needed to do was side out one time, and so I think everybody in the world knew who was going to get set the ball. Um, you know, we we our our right side, our opposite hitter who ended up being the MVP of the Olympics. I mean, everyone knew that he was going to get the ball. And so, but it actually ended up being kind of a, kind of a fun little rally on that last point. And, and I actually ended up setting the last game winning point back to um, our, our right side hitter. And so that was, that was obviously pretty exciting to be able to be a part of, you know, the winning the actual point. So. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's so cool. And what's the celebration after? Would you guys like do the celebrate after? Did you guys go out around town, or did you just kind of like hang in all together? <laughs> or if you can't, or um, if you can't say it, we could, we could hold off on that. <laughs> <laughs> there's quite a bit of celebrating that's going on on the court, as you can probably imagine. Um, you know, the Olympics are kind of a different beast because everybody had their entire families there, pretty much, and so we didn't like if you're going out you're either going out with like your your significant other or like a lot of guys had kids and their parents and so there wasn't like a team only thing that we did yeah um, most of that happened while we were there at the stadium in the locker room it was pretty crazy as you can probably imagine what's i'll give you some behind the scenes on the olympics so 
as you can probably imagine, uh, like doping is a big deal during the Olympics. And um, so every match, anybody that stepped onto the court during that match would be in inserted into what they call a random lottery. And at the end of each match, the, the world anti-doping people would select two names from both teams to be randomly select, selected to do drug testing. Oh, wow. And so um, in, for the semifinal match, I got selected. And after the Olympic final against Brazil, uh, we were celebrating on the court and this person comes up to me and, and says, Hey, you've been randomly selected to be drug tested. And I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so then they put this like lanyard over your head that says that you've been randomly selected and people know. And once they, they come to you and say that you've been randomly selected, the, the person that does that can't leave your side. You really? can't go anywhere. He's like attached to you. Oh. And but we hadn't even got our medals yet. We hadn't even had the chance to get up on the podium and hear the national anthem. And so I'm like, like guy, you're not going to be up on the podium with me. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'll just be right off to the side over here watching you. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So what was kind of funny? I don't know. I don't know how many Brazilian listeners you have because this isn't going to be funny for them. But it was. Now that I think back on it, it was kind of funny. But so me and another one of my teammates got randomly selected so after we got our medals we went back into the the drug testing area and we're we're literally just we're like on cloud nine as you can probably imagine we're running around the drug testing area we're high-fiving everyone and then you've got the brazilian players in there too that are just devastated sitting in the (laughs) corner they just got towels over their heads and we're hooping and hollering and uh it was it was it was a pretty fun experience, probably one that I'll never forget. And then when after you, you, you know, you drug test, which is not easy, by the way, especially after you just like were been playing for two and a half hours. I was going to say, what do they expect you to go? <laughs> like, you know, like you're dying. Yeah, like, it's you're not easy at all. <laughs> and, they, you know, they're right on you the whole time. <laughs> so it's, if you've got stage fright, it's bad news. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd be, your, I'd be adrenaline's screwed. going. And it's just, <laughs> oh, it's crazy. <laughs> But um, after we did that, we went back to the locker room and obviously there was some craziness that was going on. And it was just, it was just a really cool moment for all of us. You know, you had, we had a a fairly um, veteran team. Um, We had a number of guys that this is with, this was their multiple Olympics and guys that had been there before, but haven't quite gotten it done. And, And so there was a lot of validation and hard work that went into going from last in 2000 to first in 08. Um, Big culture shifts in our team. Uh, We've got our our head coach uh, just did a masterful job putting the right plans together and preparing us the right way. And it was, it was, it was pretty amazing. I I mentioned to you in high school, I I said, my, my coach taught me how to compete. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell people often in college. My college coach taught me how to play. And on the national team, my, my Olympic coach in Beijing taught me how to win. And so there was a, that's kind of the progression of my, my career uh, and how it went, but uh, it was pretty fun. That's amazing. And um, now it wears that Olympic gold in your household. Is that like in a trophy case? Is that somewhere special? 
It's funny because I'm in my office and it's, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I've got like this <laughs> shadow box that I had made. It has tickets, uh, the actual game tickets from the finals. And then there's like some cool little um, different pieces of the box. And, and you can like open up the shadow box. It has a hinge on it. It's like a, fr- it looks like a frame, but you can open it up. So in case I need to pull it out, because the work that I do now, I'm, I'm a, I do consulting work now. I'm in the business world. Yeah. And oftentimes when I go work with organizations, they'll, they'll always ask me, you know, do you have your medal on you? And so I typically <laughs> always bring it with me so people can check it out. That's pretty cool. Now it is a real question. Is that lanyard with it? The drug lanyard, the drug testing lanyard next to it? No, they take that. You should be like, listen, let me keep it. I just want it, you know. Yeah, as a memento. Yeah. <laughs> For the last drug test. But out of all the all of all your accomplishments, I'm sure I we I might know this one, but what has been your favorite one? Um I mean the the gold medal is something that because it's 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 the nba championship it's the super bowl win in the sport of volleyball there's nothing higher than winning an olympic gold medal it it doesn't matter how many club championships you win i don't care how many national championships you have um the legacy of the sport of volleyball is determined upon olympic championships and so um being able to reach that pinnacle is 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 pretty great and you know i i kept playing after beijing i didn't retire until the very beginning of 2012 so i was actually uh, working towards playing in my fourth olympic games which at that time i would have been only two um players in volleyball u.s volleyball history to ever play in four olympic games and so um i was chasing history a little bit but you know i was getting older body wasn't reacting to um things the same way as it was when I was, you know, my late twenties, early thirties as I'm now in my, you know, upper middle thirties. And so, um, didn't, didn't quite get past the hump of making it to um, 2012 in London, but ended up being an alternate on that team. And, and when I, when I didn't make that team, I pretty much knew that it was time to hang it up and, and start, you know, the different, another chapter in my life. But, you know, reflecting back on my career, you know, I won a lot of professional league championships. I won a lot of different awards, even at the Olympic level. And, but nothing compares to winning a gold medal. It's just, uh, it's just another, it's another universe in regards to what you're able to achieve. Yeah, that's got to be so cool. It's got to be cool too, because it's, it's also for like your country and like, like you said, totally. it's, it's on the biggest stage. That's that's got to be such a hell of a feeling to have that on, uh, like you know, off off, like you know, just have that and have that off the checklist. Um, so, but like now, after yeah. all your after all your career is done, um, you actually host your own podcast, um, and it's called you yeah. know, Unlocking Excellence. How's that going? It's 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 going really well. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, the Unlocking Excellence podcast. It's um. Uh, I've been doing it for about four months now and um, just trying to put out some cool content and uh, every Friday pretty much is when I post. And then every Tuesday we do like a little mini uh, segment called two tip Tuesdays where I'll, I'll find advice from people that are high performers. Like this week I did Steven Spielberg and I'll go, you know, find something that he says in regards to, you know, 
what unlocking excellence looks like to him, right? Or yeah. Tom Brady did and Oprah and all these people that, you know, have, have generated a, a certain success in their life. And I think people can learn from and, and, uh, and then unlocking excellence is really focused on exactly what the title says. I mean, we're, we're, I want to delve into the different facets of what it looks like to unlock personal team, organizational excellence and, around a lot of different things. I mean, I've, I've had interviews with CEOs. I've talked to PhDs. I'm talking to, you know, class photographers. We're really running the gambit in regards to um, what excellence looks like in the different facets of life. And, um, and it's been fun, you know, it's a hobby. And, and, but I like, I've, I've had a lot of experiences as you probably are hearing. Yeah. And I'm also having a lot of experiences with my job as well. I work with a lot of um, very famous brands that everybody knows and uses. And I'm learning a lot from a business and organizational effectiveness standpoint as well, which I tie in a little bit of both. And, and it's been fun though. That's, that's awesome. Sure and everybody checks it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, where can uh, people, uh, like download and listen to that, uh, yeah. listen to your podcast. Any, anywhere that you, wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, whether it be on Apple Podcasts or on um, Spotify or Stitcher or Overcast, whatever it ends up being, um, we're, we're everywhere. So just just uh, search for Unlocking Excellence and you'll see a picture of my face winning the gold medal actually as our <laughs> cover art. So. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, everyone yeah. definitely go check that out um, for sure. And I'll definitely have to give it uh, a listen uh, after this and, um, you know, and what is your goal going forward for, you know, for the sport of volleyball and also for your podcast as well? Um, you know, I, I, I don't get to play volleyball as much anymore. I tell people that I've probably played enough for multiple lifetimes, but, um, I, I was doing an interview with someone and they asked me a strange question. So I actually did some math on it and, and I estimated that I played about 40,000 hours of volleyball in my life. Wow. And, and that's at a level that's high, Yeah. which if you break that down equates to about four and a half years, 24, seven, 365 of just playing volleyball. You know, that's a lot of grind on a body. And so I, I was fortunate enough to stay healthy most of my career and not have anything that would, that got in the way from a physical standpoint, but um, yeah, my job is now doing what I do. Um, I work for a global consulting firm and, and uh, I travel quite a bit, not so much nowadays with all the craziness going on, but yeah. uh, my job is very full time and I just don't get to play as much anymore, but uh, I still love the game. Um, I, I am actively involved in whatever I can do to help promote the game I think it's a great sport and um, you know, the podcast, I, I just see it continuing to grow. I mean, if you, I, I like, like you, I probably, I look at my statistics and, and my users and all that. And it's literally like a hockey stick and it continues to be that way as I just continue to be consistent in the content that I'm producing and interviews that I'm having. And, um, and I'm excited about it. And like for now it's a hobby, but who knows where it can go in the future. And, um, but, uh, yeah, things are, things are good. I'm just enjoying life and, and, uh, it's been fun. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like, it sounds like you have had, you've had some hell of really cool experiences and 
really enjoy life and it seems yeah. like you know after your volleyball career has been over with you're still enjoying life and it sounds like you're still having fun and even though you're in the business world you're still finding a way to be involved with the sport and like promote uh the podcast and yourself and which is awesome yeah yeah a lot of fun that's awesome well ryan i can't thank you enough for your time and coming on to my show and i really enjoyed our conversation uh, it's really cool to talk to an um, Olympic gold medalist and uh, someone that's represented our, re- represented our country. And it's, this is, this has been awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been a lot of fun as well. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to do another one sometime soon and hopefully once the sports world gets up and, you know, maybe with the Olympics going on, maybe we can talk uh, more volleyball and see how, what you, your thoughts on the USA team this year or well the following year for the Olympics and stuff like that. Yeah, it'll be next year, but that that's interesting as well. They postponed the Olympics. I think about how crazy that is, but yeah, this has um, been this. Yeah, this whole yeah, yeah absolutely. Just let me know. Yeah, I'd yeah, love to be on again. Definitely, it'd be it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, this pandemic thing, man. It's I've realized I'm <laughs> getting really getting really bored of trying to watch Netflix and figure things out and try. I've been trying to like a lot better, of Netflix. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Netflix. <laughs> trying to better myself, but I'm like damn, what do I do? You can only work out so many times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. All right. well, well, Ryan, you take it easy. Be safe during this time, and uh, we'll talk soon. Excellent. All Thank right. you, Jeffrey. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was my episode with Olympic gold medalist Ryan Millar. A lot of fun speaking with Ryan and hearing about his accomplishments. Ryan and I will be doing another episode soon to talk more about his Olympic experience. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. More episodes to come in uh, next week. Everyone be safe out there during this crazy time. See you guys soon. <laughs>